you, thank you, thank you, family, for joining me one more time. It is Thursday. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. It's Thursday, and you know it. You know it. You know it. If it's Thursday, it's got to be. Mm, it's your girl, Dr. P. On the pod. On the pod. Dr. P. On the pod. Yeah. Listen, we got a show today. Um, we got so much to talk about. Uh, first of all, the first thing on the list we got to talk about, but it is Mother's Day weekend. Oh, yes, sir. It's Mother's Day weekend. And I want to give a big shout out to all the mothers, uh, those of us who uh, brought children in through our womb and those of us who brought children in through our hearts and in our mind. Happy Mother's Day. And to all the fathers who are also mothers, happy Mother's Day. It is one of the most special times of the year. And for those of us who are saying happy Mother's Day to our mothers are on the other side of the Jordan. Happy Mother's Day, Mama. Happy Mother's Day. I will never forget all of those Mother's Days when I could come home and bring you a, a new bathrobe or some new slippers or some flowers. And oh, how I wish I could do that today. But I have precious memories of when I could, and I am sending you an abundance of happy Mother's Day in heaven. Happy Mother's Day to grandma and all my aunties over yonder on the other side of the Jordan. And for those of us who are still on this side of the Jordan, mm, I can't say it enough. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. Happy Mother's Day. Well, you know, we have a lot uh, coming up. Um, we are getting ready to get on the road to Memory Sunday. That's right. That's right. We are now in May. So we are gearing up to June. Yes, June is next month. Goodness gracious. It's going to be time for Healthy Churches Conference in a, mem in a minute, all the way down there in November. Uh, the road to Memory Sunday, uh, Thursday, May 13th. We want you to join us for a webinar. And that webinar is what is Memory Sunday and why is it vital to our community? That's right. You know, Memory Sunday is actually Sunday, June 13th. It's always the second Sunday in June, but we are getting, we are getting on the road. We are getting on the road to Memory Sunday. And that's next Thursday, next Thursday, May 13th. What is Memory Sunday and why is it vital to our community? Please don't forget it. Now, before you get to me on Dr. P, I want you to join me on the Road to Memory Sunday. And then the following Thursday, May 20th, we'll be talking with pastors and spiritual leaders, a mental health panel. Pastors and spiritual leaders, a mental health panel. And that's Thursday, May 20th. So we are getting on the road to Memory Sunday, which culminates on the second Sunday in June, June 13th. June 13th. We are always, always, always uh, exciting. And if you know anything about the bomb in Gilead, we keep it moving. There is always something 
something we work so hard. I mean, I got the best team in the whole wide world, and they are always working with me to bring you the best we got. If it's the, I mean, we strive to bring you the best we got. So thank you so much for joining us and partaking of all the, at the table, uh, coming and being at the table and sharing and let everybody know to come and bring some folks with you because the information that we bring to you is so very, very, very important to our community. Knowledge is power and we are often left behind because we don't know. At the Bomb and Gilead, we believe, we work to make sure that you are in the know, that you are in the know. Uh, so thank you so, so very much. I uh, hope you know, uh, Marlboro Country, Marlboro Country truly is the cemetery. Uh, lung cancer is one of the highest rates uh, of cancer in our, in our world today. Um, and this has been a major, this is, this is a major, major win for health advocates. Uh, Tobacco-related illness is the leading cause of death for African-Americans. Uh, after decades of tobacco industry targeting more than 85% of African-American smokers prefer menthol. You know, it's that menthol that they just love. They just love menthol cigarettes. And I know many of you, like I, once upon a time smoked a cigarette. But, you know, I have to tell you a story. I, I was a teenager and my mom, both my mom and dad smoked. They were smokers. And I decided I was going to smoke some Virginia Slims. And, and as far as I was concerned as a teenager, my mother and father could not tell me not to smoke because they smoked. So I decided I was going to smoke. I wasn't hiding it. I would leave my cigarettes on my dresser in my bedroom. And then my mother and father decided when they had smoked all of their cigarettes, they would come and get my cigarettes. They would just come in my room and get a cigarette out of my pack because, you know, hey, I had cigarettes and they had smoked all of theirs. And it is because of being a rebellious teenager that I decided to stop smoking, stop smoking because I was not going to have cigarettes for my mom and dad. Isn't that something? And I never started smoking cigarettes ever again. So, you know, as that's one thing of at being a rebellious teenager really helped me not to become a smoker because I was rebelling against my parents. Now, many of many of you, you know, have been smoking and thank God so many, so many of us have stopped smoking. But we must also encourage those in our community, especially our young people who are vaping and smoking and you know, we just must encourage the addiction to nicotine is an illness. Addiction of any kind is a public health issue. And when it comes to tobacco, uh, addiction to tobacco is addiction to tobacco. Get that right. Addiction to tobacco is a public health crisis. Yes, it is another one. So we want to give a big shout out to our advocates who've been working so hard over the years. And I, that leads me into my guest this week uh, is Del Monte Jefferson, who is the director of the Centers for Black Health and Equity. Uh, and uh, he has been at the forefront of this 
legislation. I'm going to let uh, let some let us have some hallelujah right here. And then we're going to go talk to uh, Brother Del Monte Jefferson. It's Dr. P on the pod. I want to live a healthy life. 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 You say. I want to live a healthy life. I want to live a healthy life. I want to live a healthy life. I want to live a long, long life. Well, family, I'm excited to have Brother Del Monte Jefferson with us on the pod today. You know, he is the executive director of the Center for Black Health and Equity, a national organization that facilitates public health programs to benefit communities and people of African descent. Brother Del Monte Jefferson, welcome to the pod today. Well, thank you for having me. It is it is good to be here on the pod. <laughs> you know, well, you know, this uh, black health and black health equity. These are some hot topics today. I mean, I think out of the 25 million calls I have every day, um, 10, 10 million of them are around health equity. So let's let's talk to the family about what is what is um, health equity and what specifically is black health equity what what is what is this conversation all about well this this conversation is about health equity which which really is synonymous with health justice and by health justice which we simply mean that black people should have the right to obtain optimal health just like white people uh, white people can have optimal health they're going to get optimal health they're going to get the best health care they're going to get access to quality doctors they're going to get all of that Black people should have that same opportunity. So so we are in a very unique and precarious situation, you know, coming over here from slavery 400 plus years ago, um, coming over, you know, as merchandise um, to be used and to be abused. Nobody had our ultimate health in mind during that time. And, And unfortunately, Dr. P, it just seems like they still don't have our optimal health in mind. I mean, we just look at what's going on with COVID right now. Uh, it doesn't look like they have our optimal health in mind, not with not with just the the, uh, the vaccine distribution, uh, which really they don't have our optimal health in mind, but putting out all the misinformation that kind of happens that get our people, get our people cautious, cautious about taking a vaccine that could save their lives. And so it's just, you know, we've got we've got to do something to promote health justice for black people. And that's what we try and do at the center. So tell me, tell us, what would black health justice, black health equity, what would that look like? What would that look like? Oh my goodness. What it would look like is this. It would look like we get sick, right? Um, we call an ambulance. And we want to go to the best hospital. We want to go to the best hospital for the condition that we might have. We don't want to have to just go to a hospital because it's the one that takes whatever insurance we have or don't have. Mm. We want to go to the best hospital for our condition. That's what that's what optimal health would look like. 
optimal health would look like, you know, we got to eat healthy, right? We know we got to eat healthy. It would look like going to our corner store and there's a grocery store there that has healthy, ripe, fresh vegetables that are affordable, that we can afford. That, that's what optimal health would look like where we didn't have to drive all the way across town to get that. It would look like, you know, we need to eat a nice, healthy meal at a restaurant. Well, that restaurant happens to be in our neighborhood. You know, it's not over across the railroad tracks on the other side of town. That's what optimal health would look like. And so by that optimal health, you know, we, we, we're doing things right now. We're, we're dealing with sugar and we're dealing with sodium warnings and all of this. Well, we would optimal health would look like there wouldn't be just foods with so much processed sugar in the stores or in the corner stores where we have access to but it would be that healthy food. And so that's that's what optimal health. It would also look like, now to be honest now, it would look like tobacco companies wouldn't prey on us with products like mentholated tobacco products and the whole like. There wouldn't be advertisements for alcohol on all of these store billboards in our neighborhoods. This is all part of optimal health. Now, to be quite honest, <laughs> optimal health also looks like we are not being murdered by police officers um, by mistake, by mis mistakenly shot because they think a cell phone is a gun or because they think their gun is a taser. So, so optimal health also looks like us not being killed by police. Optimal health also looks like us not having to live in the most distressed neighborhoods. It looks like we would live in a neighborhood where the air is fresh, where the streets are clean, and where we don't have to worry about crime and going outside and taking walks because we don't have to worry about crime or being jumped or robbed or whatever. All of that is part of optimal health. You know, uh, I was just going to let you walk go on for the next 20 minutes because, you know, you were on a run and I was just shaking my head agreeing with all of that. That's a family. He, Brother Del Monte just gave us a clear vision of what black equity would black health equity would look like. So now, you know, if you didn't know, now, you know, let's jump on this, um, this tobacco piece, you know, um, it, you know, it's just amazing, no matter how many laws they have uh, uh, changed in this country, uh, tobacco companies are still able to prey on us. Um, and I know you are the chair of the Georgia Smoke Free Tobacco Coalition, and we know that just the center has no menthol Sunday coming up. So let's kind of zero in on this tobacco public health crisis that we still are faced with. Um, I don't, I don't understand why people smoke these days. I just don't understand. But you know, talk to us. Well, you know, now the smoking part. Uh, Dr. P, you know, let's let's keep it real. This is an addiction. This is an addiction. Nicotine is an addictive substance. Even yes, though those tobacco control executives, they stood up there, you know, 20 plus years ago with their hand raised, hand raised on the Bible and said, no, we didn't think that, no, that nicotine was addictive. Them cats knew, them jokers knew. It, it is the product, you know, it is addictive. It's more addictive than cocaine and heroin and all that other stuff. Mm. Nicotine is addictive. Now, now the killer here is the killer here is how they get you hooked on it. They got to get you hooked. Now, once you hooked on it, they don't care about you. They don't a bit more care about you than the man in the moon. But they want to get you hooked 
on it. And so they put these, you know, first of all, the number one product that's going to addict you, the number one way of getting you hooked are the menthol, the mentholated tobacco products. I mean, menthol, it's, it, 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 it's a soothing, it soothes the harshness of that cigarette smoke going down, you know, because if you try and smoke, you know, like those Marlboros and all these stuff, you know, with no menthol in it, it's going to be harsh and most people will be turned off. And so they won't start. But you put that menthol in there, it soothes the harshness and makes the poison go down easier. As Dr. Phil Gardner always says, it makes the poison go down easier and then you get hooked. Now, once you hook on it, it's all over. But if menthol wasn't enough, now, do you know them jokers came up 15,000 different flavors, 15,000 different flavors that they put in either the combustible tobacco products that you smoke or in those e-cigarettes, you know, that mm-hmm. that vape. 15,000. Now, why in the world would anybody need 15,000 flavors for anything except for, again, to get you hooked and addicted? And then think about some of those flavors bubble young gummy, you know, gummy bears and all this other stuff that's going to really attract and cater to kids and other marginalized populations. You know, that whole little sweet tooth thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. But that's who they're trying to get hooked. And that's what they've done. They hooked us on it. So what do we want? What do we want us? When is menthol, no menthol Sunday? What do you want our churches to do? Because this is so, so, so critical. When is it? And what do you want us to do? Well, No Menthol Sunday is historically the third Sunday in May, and that's coming up this year. It's going to be on May 16th. May 16th is No Menthol Sunday. And what, what we want, you know, you to do, your churches to do, we want everybody to be involved in one, one simple thing, uh, making it aware, making from the pulpit. You know, we get our pastors to preach from the pulpit about the harms of smoking. Most churches have health ministries. Most churches know, you know, they know that smoking is one of those things that they have to address. Again, it's hard. There are members within congregations that are addicted. It's an addictive substance. But for the pastor or for the health ministry to talk about the harms of smoking from the church, and then you can talk specifically about the harms of menthol because of how it's been targeted towards our community. So you can really get into that subject from the pulpit. You know, if you had a black church or whatever kind of church you're at, talking about how it's targeted our populations. So this is an opportunity for, first of all, it's an opportunity to abstain from smoking. So if you are smoking, your church can get together and have a group and say, hey, look, let's just do this for for one week. Uh, Or if you get past one week, well, let's go for two weeks, you you know, and go on and on. If you can abstain, the longer you can abstain, you're going to be saving your lives. And, And there are other devices out there. We've got some on our website, like the Pathways to Freedom DVD that's available, or, or you can even watch it online from the website or your website. Just and you, it because it gives you all the information about tobacco, about the menthol, and about its impact on our populations and what you can do to quit. So that's one thing. Okay, so that's the abstinence is one thing, but the other part is is getting engaged and trying to get policies passed to ban the sale of mentholated tobacco products in your city or in your town or where you live. That's a movement that's going on right now. There's a lot of efforts going around across the country to ban the sale of mentholated tobacco products. And this gives your church an opportunity to be involved in that process. Now, because we need your voice. 
And so what, how, how, how can we get involved in that process? Because policy is where the change happens. How do we get involved in that policy? Well, first, you know, that is where the change happens. And on most issues, as you already know, when we deal with the change, the first we got thing we got to do is educate ourselves about the issue. Find out what the issue is. Find out what the policies are. And then get yourselves involved in those coalitions. Now, in most cities, states, or towns, uh, depending on where you are, there's going to be a, a heart, American Heart Association, Lung Association, Maker Cancer Society, or, or the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids that's working on local policy initiatives. And if you don't know that, just talk to your, your public health department, your public health official. They're going to know they're going to be connected with those groups. Then now that you know what the issue is, ask to be a part of that coalition so that your voice can be heard, so that you can be engaged in that policy that's happening <laughs> locally. And it's happening, and it is happening across your cities, across the country. Well, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Family, we're talking about No Menthol Sunday, the third Sunday in May. And this year, that means, you know, third Sunday is the, the Sunday right after what? Mother's Day. Yes. May 16th. May 16th is No Menthol Sunday. Tell us, where could we go to get some resources uh, for men No Menthol Sunday? Oh, my goodness. You got to go to our website, www.nomenthalsunday.com. Um, now, on this website, when you go there, there is a toolkit that we have. There's a whole No Menthol Sunday toolkit. You can download this toolkit, and it's nomenthalsunday.org. I'm sorry. It's nomenthalsunday.org. But you click on it. You can download this toolkit where we give you all this information. And guess what? You can also order some masks. Yes, we got the No Menthol Sunday mask because we still wearing our mask around here. We still wearing our mask. And so we got the No Menthol Sunday mask that you can also order. I would hurry up and go there because those masks are going fast even right now. Now, I got, I got to tell you something else, Dr. P. I got to tell you something else that's about to happen this week. Um, um, on Thursday, May 29th, See, see, no menthol. We're trying to get no menthol banned, right? That's what we're trying to do. We try, and we're trying to get it locally. The reason we have to do it locally is because the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, which has the authority to ban menthol, uh, and to, to ban the levels of menthol in cigarettes or to ban menthol out of cigarettes altogether, they have an opportunity to ban it. Now, back in 2009, the FDA, what they did was they said, okay, you can't put grape, you can't put strawberry, you can't put fruity tutti in cigarettes. You can't do that, tobacco companies. But they left menthol out. <laughs> say, hey, you, can you can still use the main flavor menthol, but you can't use any of these side flavors. Oh, and and have mercy, have and mercy, you, have mercy. And you leave it. So we were like, what in the world? Are you, why, why are you leaving menthol, but you're taking all these other things out when menthol is what 85% of black people who smoke, they smoke menthol. They don't smoke strawberry. They smoke menthol. Mm -hmm. But they left it in there. And we've been asking the FDA ever since 2009 to go back and fix that. Well, last year, the African-American Tobacco Control Leadership Council, this is another tobacco group that we work very closely with, researchers, scientists, they sued the FDA. They said, hey, look, you guys need to make a decision because there was this citizen petition that said FDA make a decision, ban menthol. And the FDA did nothing. They just ignored it. 
Last year, this black group, the AATCLC, sued the FDA. So the FDA has said, we are going to make a decision on April 29th. We're going to give you guys our verdict. So that's a big day. Oh, my goodness. So even before No Menthol Sunday comes, oh, my goodness, write letters, get on Dr. P in the pod, ask questions, say, you guys have need to take action. And the action you need to take has to be one that's going to benefit health equity for black people. And so you need to go ahead and ban menthol. So we need all that noise that we can get right now. Like I said, this is before No Menthol Sunday to get them to ban menthol. Because even if they said, yes, we're going to ban menthol, guess what? It's going to take some time, two, three years, who knows how long before it actually goes into effect. But we need them to make that decision right now. All right, family, we got our marching orders. We got our marching orders. First of all, we want you to go to nomenthalsunday.org, nomenthalsunday.org. Get your resources, get your toolkit, get ready to tell folks about No Menthol Sunday, what the tobacco companies need to be stopped doing. Uh, let's let's get let's get our groups together, help each other stop smoking, and let's get going with this. Get to, to tobacco companies to stop using menthol. We got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do on all fronts. But this is what we're gonna do now. Today we're gonna go to nomenthalsunday.org. We're gonna download our toolkit. We're gonna get busy, busy, busy for ready for No Menthol Sunday. But before No Menthol Sunday, we're gonna get on it. We're gonna start writing letters. We're gonna get going to get this menthol banded from these old products. Am I? Do I have it right? Do I have it right, Brother Dante? You got Monte. You got. Do it. I have it right, Brother Del Monte Jefferson? You, you got it all right. That's exactly what we have to do. We have to put the pressure on the FDA. They need to make a decision, but then we need to put the pressure on ourselves to abstain from smoking. And so, yes, you got it all right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us today. You know, we, it's always the time goes by so fast, always when we're having fun. But thank you so much for being on the show. And, you know, you have a standing inv- invitation. You can come on back anytime because we really, the Bomb and Gilead, we really appreciate and we are always excited to work with the Center for Black Health and Equity. We are just, we just love what you're doing and we are happy to be in partnership with you all the time. Love you. Thank you. Love you too now. Thanks for that. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Well, family, no Menthol Sunday coming up May 16th. Don't forget. Don't forget. No Menthol Sunday, May 16th. We want every congregation, every family, every mama, daddy, sister, brother, to be talking about and celebrating this decision, No Menthol Sunday, May 16th. But before we get to May 16th, we got to go through Mother's Day. This Sunday, Mother's Day, happy, happy Mother's Day. I got to go because I got to get ready for Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. See you.